0: Marcus Sasser drops 40 points in the final Summer League game for the Detroit Pistons. What was your reaction to Marcus Sasser dropping 40 points in this game and what were some overall takeaways from Summer League? We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. One second he shot What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five star review. And whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, it's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com. Use promo code Locked On. So obviously, we'll start off reacting and talking about Marcus Sasser dropping 40 freaking points. He only missed one shot in the entire second half of the Pistons' final Summer League game. We'll talk about that. Then we'll move on to some final takeaways from the Summer League. And then also we'll end it off with a question I've gotten from a lot of you guys. Would you rather have James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley? We'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But first, Marcus Sasser, obviously, 40 bomb. Drops 40 points in the Pistons' final summer league game. So just to be completely transparent with you guys. So I didn't watch this game live. I was out hooping, uh, playing pickup at my old high school. Um, I saw that Asar wasn't going to be playing. I'm like, oh, this probably won't be too big of a game. Marcus Sasser is really the only guy that will be playing that will be on the Pistons roster. That kind of thing. It's not too big of a deal. I'm going to go hoop and, and relax. And at the end of my hoop run, I go on my phone. I'm like, okay, so how's everybody looking? And people are just spamming me with Marcus Sasser's going crazy. Marcus Sasser's dropping 40 points. I'm like, bro, what? What, what happened? So, of course, the game I miss, miss live, that is. I did go back and rewatch watch um, as much as I can. I watched all of Marcus Sasser's shots and every time he had the ball in his hands, because that's really what mattered to me. Um, of course, the game I miss live is the one that Marcus Sasser just goes crazy with. But I'm happy that he had this kind of de- had this kind of game, because before Summer League, you guys remember, one of the things I mentioned in the podcast that I wanted to see from Summer League, there was multiple things we mentioned. We mentioned Assar, we mentioned something about James Wiseman, um, mentioned all kinds of things. But one of the things with Marcus Sasser was that he's a four-year guy, Coming out of college, twenty-two-year-old, and he's supposed to be a guy that should be ready to play instantly. And a guy who should be ready to play instantly in the NBA and to be an impactful player in the NBA instantly should dominate summer league competition, in my opinion. You should be go out there, you should be able to go out there and we'd be able to look at you and be like, Yeah, that's very clearly the NBA player that's on this court. He separates himself from all the other guys. And in my opinion, through four games, he had not done that. Um, I know he was just, he was missing a lot of shots and people will say, well, it's not just missing shots or making him missing shots. There's other things he was doing. I didn't like overall what he was doing a lot through the first four games. I I was not impressed with some of his decision making with the ball in his hands, but then also as people correctly pointed out, that's not going to be his role this upcoming season. His role in the NBA is going to be a guy who plays off of another uh, guard who creates, and he's just one that catches and shoots and goes out there just to flat out score. And For an archetype like that, he just wasn't doing enough scoring through the first four games. His shot was really off. But then in this game, this final summer league game for the Detroit Pistons, especially in the second half, where he missed literally only one shot, went berserk. He actually started off this game 0-5, I believe. He was not starting this game off very well at all, and then just went crazy, turned it on in the second half. He was scoring on every single level. Three-point line, mid-range, at the basket. Loaders, self-created three-point looks, step-back threes, sidestep threes, pull, uh, walk into a pull-up three off a pick-and-roll. All this stuff, he was doing all of it. He was he could not miss for the entirety of the second half. He this was by far like if you just watched this game, you obviously would be like, oh yeah, this guy's way too big, way too good for summer league. This guy is obviously the NBA player here. He's obviously the impactful guy here. And that's what he needed because he hadn't had that performance thus far. It doesn't mean he had to have 40. I didn't, He didn't need to have 35, 30 points, 25 points. But I feel like he needed to give me a performance. For me, that showcased to me, hey, he is the NBA player. He's ready to help this team win instantly. He should be in the rotation instantly. Um, he was worthy of the 25th pick, especially when you already have a ton of guards and you still need some wings. And there were some quality wings on the board at that position. Heck the Pistons probably could have waited until 31 and got some nice wings. Uh, but they moved up to get another guard and then they went on to trade for Monty Morris. Um, so it was just, I-, I need to see why, you know, what makes is he actually worth it in through summer league? And he gave us this performance and this performance was absolutely amazing. Um, so I'm happy to see that from him. Um, I want to kind of push it forward to the regular season and what I expect his kind of role to be if he's in the rotation and whenever he gets in the rotation. It, he's literally what I think. I, again, I didn't watch much of him in college at all. Um, but from what I've read and listened to people and then watching them in summer league, this is a dude I expect to just be a flat out scorer. Like you're not going to be expecting him to do anything else offensively. I'm not going to be expecting him to be making high-level reads be making him make great passes, be a great decision maker passing wise. Like that's not what I'm expecting him to be. I'm expecting him to be a good point of attack defender on on defense, um, an active defender at least. And then also and then also offensively just be a dude who plays off guard and is just asked to come out and score buckets. Just that go out there, get us eighteen points, be a six man of the year kind of guy. I think that's something he could be in the future in his absolute prime for an I don't, maybe for the pisses, maybe for another team, who knows? But eventually, and the reason why I say for another team, a lot of these six-man-of-the-year guys that go on and score like 18 points, they play for like four or five different teams. Those are the kind of guys that end up going team to team to team. That's the only reason why I mentioned that. But I, that's that's what I expect to see from Marcus Sasser at this point throughout the season and his career. That's just what I have in my head right now for what he's going to be, a guy who just comes off the bench and just asks to go out there and get buckets. Just go out there and score the ball, give us some points, and be a good point-of-attack defender. And we'll take it. So that's what I expect from Marcus Sasser. Again, great to see him drop 40 points. That's crazy to drop 40 points in a summer league game. He, I think that's the highest point scored in this summer league. Um, I believe J- Jabari Parker had the most before him. It was at 38. Marcus Sasser broke it um, at 40. So there's another win for the Pistons and the Pistons-Rockets rivalry right there. Um, but let me know what you guys' reaction were to Marcus Sasser, dropping 40 points. What do you guys expect to see from him this season? What do you guys expect to see from him in his career? What do you think his role is going to be? All that kind of stuff. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka When we come back, I want to talk about my final takeaways overall from Summer League. Now that it is finished, we now have to wait another few months to get Pistons basketball at all, so you guys are going to be itching for a while. and I already know it. But I want to talk about my last takeaways from Summer League when we come back. But first... I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Prize Picks. So let's go ahead and assume that the NBA and the NFL was going on at the exact same time. You wanted to find a daily fantasy option that allowed you to do mixed sports entries. Well with prize picks, you can do that. You can take the over on Kay Cunningham's points, the over on Jane Ivey's assists, and then you can take the over on Jerry Goff's passing yards, the over on Gibbs rushing yards, the over on uh, Amon Ra St. Brown's receptions, and then you can put it into the exact same Entry with prize picks, and it's why it's my favorite daily fantasy option out there. You pick two to six players to see if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. I promise you, if you're thinking of a sport in your head, it is on prize picks. They have everything possible. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with Price Picks. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked on Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked on Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. this That's another great way to support the podcast. If you've made it this far into the podcast, first of all, thank you for being everyday listeners. And also, please hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel if you haven't already. We're about, I think, a little bit over 100 away from 6,000 subscribers. Again, our goal eventually is to get to 10,000 subscribers. I think we could possibly get there by the end of this upcoming season, but our first goal right in front of us is the 6,000 mark. Please hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, I would really appreciate it. Continue to show lockdown. We are the fastest and best growing fan base at the lockdown network. So if you haven't already, again, please just hit that subscribe button for me. I'd really appreciate it at lockdown pistons on YouTube. Um, I'm supposed to be, I, I was going to make this, uh, a mill podcast, but I ended up coming up with a few things I want to talk about. So I do have like 30 questions here from you guys. Um, and we'll ta- we'll, I'll answer all these questions in the next episode. Oh, Oh, also my fault. I posted a hat on YouTube, uh, in our YouTube community and on Twitter, um, a hat that, uh, I wanted to see if anyone wanted it. And a lot of you guys did say you guys wanted, it, but you guys wanted it to be, um, a giveaway, some kind of contest or whatever. So, in the next episode with the mailbag episode, we'll do some kind of contest for the hat. I'll show it on, on the YouTube as well, on the YouTube video. If you guys want to see what it looks like, uh, if you guys are listening on the podcast version, head over to there, um, you guys will see it. So if you guys want to get involved in that, stay tuned for the next episode. I'll show it on here. Um, I think that will be probably like our first giveaway or contest kind of thing we've ever done on here. So it would be pretty cool. So stay tuned for that. Um, anyways, I just want to give my final takeaways from Summer League. Um. The first takeaway that I have from Summer League is obviously Asar Thompson. I, I saw after the Pistons drafted Asar. All of you guys who listen to this, again, my everyday listeners, you guys know that I was high on Asar Thompson for weeks heading into the draft. Both him and him and Amen, um, I I was way higher on Amen, but I wanted Asar at five. Asar and Jairus Walker was my guys at five. If they wanted to trade back, I wanted Hendricks. Like, that was what I wanted. So I, I've been very high on Asar throughout this process. And after the Pistons drafted him, I saw a lot of Pistons fans, a lot, a lot of Pistons fans say, oh, well, Asar, he may not play that much this year. He's going to have to come off the bench. He's not going to play a ton. He's not going to be ready out the gate. It's going to take him a long time to adjust to NBA uh Competition. It's going to take him a long time to adjust to what it's like to play in the NBA and blah, 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 blah. He's, he's too raw to play instantly. And I had maintained, I didn't believe that to be the case at all. I, di- I didn't think that he was this far away from being able to be played in the NBA as everyone else thought he was. I thought he was more ready-made than people were giving him credit for. Now, Summer League is not NBA comp, so it's going to be harder in the NBA. But you saw in the Summer League, why? He should be able to play instantly and play a lot instantly. Um, and again, I think a lot of this just comes down to... I'm going to continue to point it out because I really do think it's incredibly dumb for people who actually watched and analyzed the OTE. But it's just because he went to OTE. Everyone just assumed, oh, he, he he's going to take so much longer to adjust to everything. He's not going to be ready. Who know? He's not going to be able to deal with NBA actual prospects or NBA players, not knowing that OTE has several NBA prospects. They had a guy in the in the summer league that Pistons played against in OTE. They have some of the top prospects um, coming out of high school, in high school. And then, guys, it wasn't just high school players. It was a ton of guys. And they had a lot of players right now who are being looked at by NBA teams. So I I, I, I don't think OTE is the great basketball to watch. I, w- I wouldn't recommend going to watch it for fun. I, I don't think that is. But I'm going to continue to push back on the idea that OTE was just like this fake league that Asar Thompson was out there scoring 30 points just bullying people because that's not even how he played. I feel like people who talk like that didn't even realize how he played at OT. He didn't play like someone in OT. He didn't play like Stanley Johnson did in his second summer league game where it was just like, oh, I'm stronger than everybody, so I'm going to just bully everybody and score 30 points. And and obviously he won't be able to do that when he goes against st- stronger people. The way Asar played was making the right play consistently, making split-second decisions. Like th- Everything you saw in summer league is the same way he played. In OTE, except in OTE he had the ball in his hands a little bit more. But anyways, I got little—I got off on a little bit of a tangent there. Anyways, my immediate takeaway is that Asar should have a big role on this team is instantly when the regular season starts. Now, whether they start him or not, I don't know. But if he's not starting, he should play heavy minutes off the bench. I think he probably should close a lot of lineups for the Pistons because what he brings to the table that you saw in Summer League is simply things the Pistons don't have From any other wing on the roster. First of all, his athleticism is going to be matched by close to no other player out there. Like, there's going to be a select few people who can match his type of athleticism on the basketball floor. So they have that. His decision making. They don't have great decision makers on the wings on this team like that, like Asar. They don't have guys on the wing like Asar who can make split-second decisions when reading a defense. They don't have guys on the wings who are capable of anticipating defenses and then making reads off of that they don't have guys on the wing who can be as defensively impactful as Asar can be instantly on day one. They don't have playmakers like that from, uh, on the wing outside of Asar. They don't have the type of rebounders that we saw Asar be in Summer League. They don't have anybody that's going to rebound to his level on the wing. Now, he's, the one thing he's not going to be able to do to the level of Boyan or to the level of Isaiah Livers or to the level of Joe Harris, if you want to count him in this, is obviously the shooting. But there's so many other things to the game of basketball that matter to winning outside of just raw shooting ability that impacts it. That Asar does better than all of them. So and that's not even taking into account the ability of, of Asar, I believe, to soak up some secondary playmaking reps where he can run pick and rolls and make the right read and and and, and, and find guys open for shots. Like and get generate and generate paint touches. Like all of that stuff, Asar will be able to do, I believe, instantly into the NBA. Now, will he be able to do it at a great level? No. I don't think he's going to be an all-star. That's not what I'm saying. I think he, his raw ability to be able to do that is already better than some of the other guys. And while he may not be good, a, a good NBA player as a rookie, most guys I don't believe are actually good NBA players as a rookie, as second-year players. I don't think most are actually, when you look across the NBA, are actually good. Just compar- They are good compared to their ages to their years in the league, but across the NBA, I don't believe there's many that actually are good. So I'm not saying that Asar is going to enter the league and be some great NBA player instantly. But I think the tools that he brings to the table are things that the Pistons are lacking so badly that he doesn't have to be in and of himself a great player already, a good player already, just him individually, but his tools that he'll bring to the table will help this team win because they desperately lack those kind of skill sets. So I think Assar will have a big role immediately for the Pistons. Um, I'm interested to see how he grows throughout the season and how they play him next to Cade and Ivy, um, some of the other guys, and who they start, if they do decide to start Asar. who they start next to Asar, and if they bring him off the bench, what role do they have him playing off the bench? Are they going to let him soak up a lot of on-ball touches off the bench? I- I'm really interested in all that. But I thought what he did in the summer league was, I don't think he could have impressed fans. Any more than he did in Summer League. I think everything he did in Summer League was absolutely fantastic. I think he gave you guys a taste of everything. And I, I, I can't imagine Pistons fans leaving the Summer League. Not incredibly impressed by Asar Thompson and extremely excited. So that's my main takeaway from Summer League. Uh, my other takeaway from Summer League. We talked about Marcus Sassa earlier. So I'm not going to talk about him here. But my other takeaway is, is that there's some nice guys that the Pistons had on their roster. Now, I actually was a little bit impressed with and hope they get a two-way contract somewhere. So, obviously, I, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, uh, Malcolm, um, why am I forgetting it? Malcolm Casalone, I believe his name. Cazalone is his name. Um, he already has one of the two-way spots. But there are two other players that I was really impressed with from the Pistons Summer League. And one of them was Tosan. Um, I thought he was pretty impressive. And then another one was uh, Umuddy. I thought he actually played pretty well, too. I like both those guys. Both those guys, I don't know what their exact heights are, but they look like bigger wings. Um, I like the way they played. Um, I thought they were impressive. And if they don't get some kind of contract with the Pistons, I think they played well enough to get some kind of contract elsewhere. Not like a guaranteed deal, but maybe like a two-way deal, maybe an Exhibit 10 deal, like something like that. I thought those two guys were impressive in summer league. There was not many other guys that really, like, Impressed me that much um, for the Pistons Summer League team. If you want me to be honest, it was Asar, it was Sasser, it was uh, Casalone, Um, Umud, Umuddy, and uh, Tosan. So I, I just wanted to shout those guys out because I thought they were pretty pretty impressive for, for you know, non NBA guys. I um, mean, Roden was okay too. I, I'm not as big a fan of Roden. Um, as like a two way guy, I'm not I'm not really impressed with him to be honest. Um, so yeah, I just want to stop, shout out you Muddy and Tosan. Also, Buddy, before this last game, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Now we make jokes about Buddy, but Buddy was sparking it. Buddy was sparking the ball. Okay, I don't. I hope he doesn't get a two way contract. That's not what I'm sitting here saying. But he did go out here in this summer league and start sparking the ball. Okay, so we got we got to give him some credit there. Um, but yeah, those are my takeaways from summer league. Let me know in the comment section down below what you guys think about Summer League, what you guys' biggest takeaways were, how you guys felt about Asar, who were some other guys on the roster that you guys thought were you were impressed with, were any of them impressive enough to get the second two-way contract. Um, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. Um Hill. I, I, I think I said second two-way contract. I meant last two-way contract, my fault. Um, but yeah, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley, which one would I rather have? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. So I've been asked this a lot in the YouTube section. Um, I've been asked this a lot on Twitter. Over the last few weeks now, Who's better, James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley? Who would you rather see play, James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley? Uh, who, who do you think it, it, it has, has the best chance of impacting the team this season, James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley? Like everything, I've I've been asked about the Wiseman versus Bagley uh, competition many 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 times already this offseason. We're not I don't think we're halfway through the offseason. We might be actually. When does the season start? October. Now we got like another two and a half months, right? So I don't think we're actually halfway through the off at all. Um. So, I think this is something we're going to be talking about a lot, um, at least throughout the community, until one of them gets traded, which is a possibility. Um, but I just want to let my stance know known here now. Um, because I, you guys have asked me a ton about it. So, the first question is, who do I think is better right now? I think Bagley's obviously better. I think Bagley is, is one of the best finishers in the paint um, at his position across the league. He has great touch. On, on, on around the rim. And not only that, he showcased a little bit last year his ability to not only score at the rim off dump-offs, off lobs, he was able to drive to the basket and get all the way there, draw fouls, convert and ones. And this is without really having a three-point shot that guys respect. So it's not like he's attacking closeouts. The guys are flying out at him. Guys are pressing up real hard on him. And he's just, you know, blow-buying him. No, these guys are sagging off of him and he's still getting to the basket a lot um, in the time he was able to do it. And scoring and drawing some free throws. So, and, and Bagley also—they're both really bad defensively. I don't think either of them are that good defensively. But I think Bagley's the better rebounder as well. I think he has a better—I um, think he has a better awareness of where he is on the basketball court and where to be on the basketball court when it comes to positioning for rebounds. I think Bagley's problem with rebounding is that he's just not stronger than most other guys. He's a little thin—maybe um, not thin. He's—he's he's slim. Um, he's not as big as some other guys, so he, he can get pushed around a little bit or guys can just out, you know, out phys- physical him, I guess is the best way for me to put it on the glass. But I think I, I feel like Bagley usually is in the right areas for it, knows where to be and positions himself better for rebounds than James Wiseman. And I also just think Bagley's like better than Wiseman at what Wiseman's supposed to be good at, which is scoring around the basket and actually being like a low post guy and like that kind of stuff as a lob threat and all that. I think Bagley's is better right now at, than all of that, um, than James Wiseman. Um, who do I think the Pistons are going to choose to keep? Now, I think that's the complete opposite one. If they had to pick one, they're going to keep Wiseman because Wiseman, theoretically, has a higher ceiling than Bagley and hasn't had the, the best chance of achieving his ceiling because of injuries. Now, both of them are, are incredibly injury-prone. Bagley's dealt with the same amount of injuries throughout his career, and, th- and a lot of people would say, that's hurt his development too. How much he's dealt with injuries through his career so far. However, Bagley's older. James Wiseman is is much younger. James Wiseman also is a little bit of a more of a freak athlete. Um, he's bigger. He's stronger. He's longer. Like all of that stuff. And James Wiseman also was like, where did James, uh, Troy Weaver say he had him on his on his mock board, like number one or something? He had him like top three or something on his board. Um, so. I think Weaver's much higher on Wiseman's future, and I understand that. I understand the future argument. If you're talking about the future, Wiseman's younger. He has more potential, I guess. And, and if you can unlock Wiseman's potential, his, his, his the potential that apparently all the national media who keeps talking about the Pistons believe he has, then that's a better player than Bagley. So if that's why you choose Wiseman over Bagley, I get it because they're looking at the future more. So I think that if they had to pick between the two, I think they pick Wiseman. And if I had to guess which one gets traded, I would guess Bagley, because Bagley's contract, um, and again, because they'd be betting on Wiseman's future more. So, um, and who do I think plays if they're both on the roster this year? I, well, this is the thing. I, like, if they're trying to win, if they're trying to win and put the best guy on the floor, I, I think Bagley's the better. Uh, like, I think Bagley would help them win more than Wiseman right out the gate. I, again, I think Bagley's just better than Wiseman at all the things that Wiseman's supposed to be good at. And I don't think I don't think neither of them are like the, this great basketball player. Like I, I'm not like a huge fan of either of them. I I, I just think Bagley, I, I Bagley showed me more this past season than Wiseman did in the final like whatever games he played. Like so, like Bagley, and this is a very small sample size here. Okay, these are all small sample sizes. Like Bagley on seventy-seven possessions spotting up this past season, he was actually in the sixty-fifth percentile. So like on offensive rebound, seventy-first percentile on cuts, seventy-fourth percentile. Like I, I, and then around the basket, Bagley, I just think is better than James Wiseman. Um, and honestly, if you want me to be honest, if you if you asked me to right now, and also actually. Just back up my at at the rim uh, comparison here. Bagley was 86th percentile at the rim um, this past season, um, but if you want to be honest too, I kind of I kind of believe in Marvin Bagley's outside shot developing more than I believe in James Wiseman's shot. And this is not me arguing that I'd rather have Bagley on the roster moving forward than Wiseman. I'm just saying I I understand the future argument if you're building for the future because Wiseman has more potential. I get why you keep him over Bagley because. All the reasons I mentioned earlier, you want to develop Wiseman completely on board with it. But if you're just simply talking about today, uh, what, what's the July 17th, 2023? Who's the better basketball player? I think it's Marvin Bagley. I, I honestly, if you want to be honest, I don't think it's particularly close right now. Um, so that that's the thing. I don't think Bagley will be on the roster by the start of the season. Um, I think he's going to end up being traded. Um, so I don't think they'll end up running into this issue about who to, who to play between the two. Um, but if they, if you asked me. Hey, I want you to put the best five out there off the bench. You need someone at the five, either Wiseman or Bagley. You're trying to win games, impact. I think Bagley, I think I'd go with Bagley right now. But obviously, Wiseman can show us stuff in training camp and preseason, um, and maybe he out, maybe he ends up outplaying Bagley. But we'll see what happens. But that's where I stand with it right now. Future-wise, Wiseman over Bagley. As of right now, July seventeenth, twenty 2023, Bagley over Wiseman. And I don't think it's close, really. So that's my thoughts on that. Let me know what you guys think. Comment section down below or over on, I just punched my desk on accident, my God. Uh, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at you I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. to available on your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Enjoy the off season. Till next time, peace out.